You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Today we're talking about know it right, sharing the grace in fellowship. Know it right, sharing the grace in fellowship. Do we necessarily have to do what we do and it's become the norm? Some of us actually came to meet it. It was a tradition. And it's done right from the spiritual Aladura type churches to the Orthodox churches to the charismatic church and to almost every church that we've been to that's what we call the sharing of grace in fellowship right at the conclusion of the service there's something that the pastor would just lift up his voice and say now let's receive the grace now let's share the grace okay so we're going to go into this because there's a lot that we have to learn and learn and relearn. There are certain things that we have to undo as we get insight. Alright? And it's very, 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 very... Sometimes it's against what you've been doing for several years. And it's quite difficult. But if you want to live according to scripture, you do what scripture requires that you do. Praise God. Now, this is the way the practice goes. At the end of most church meetings, either said individually or one is asked to turn to your neighbor and say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God. And then we add the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. And later years we added surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. And everybody shall say, Amen. You know, except the sweet part. And in the, in the name of Jesus, or in Jesus' name, I believe the creed must have been adapted from two scriptures, uh, three scriptures right here. Numbers 6, 24 to 26. Numbers, number six. That was the first one. <laughs> so these three scriptural texts is what we use as the creed for what we call benediction. Number six, 24 to 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. This was written by Moses. And then Psalm 23 verse 6. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That was written by David. And then we have 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. That was written by 
Apostle Paul. Now, the way and manner we weave the three speakers together in this one is intriguing. Now, let's look at the first, which was written by Moses in Numbers 26, 24 to 26. The Lord keep you. The Lord bless you, sorry, and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Now, look at Numbers 23, 8. Numbers 23, 8. Numbers 23, 8, and then 20. Now, this is Balaam's encounter with Balak as he was hired by the king to curse Israel. To curse Israel. And look at what Balaam said. Balaam the prophet made a statement. And he says, how shall I curse whom God has not cursed. And how shall I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? So this is a prophet that has been hired to curse the Israelites. And he, Balaam, admitted that these people are a blessed people. Now, this is in reference to the old covenant. <laughs> so, right in the old covenant, which is to open us up to the new, is calling the people blessed. And he spoke into the future that the church as married by Christ cannot be cursed. And the moment they receive Christ, they are blessed and no one can curse. Look at the 20. Look at the command he received. Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot reverse it. So Bela himself, who was hired and paid, even when he opened his mouth, God spoke through him to bless Israel. And he said, I did not bless the he is in capital. He said, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed. And I cannot reverse it. So you see, the believer is already blessed. So it is not now that you say, the Lord bless you and keep you. No, the believer in Christ is blessed. The believer is kept by God. You don't now make a request for them to be blessed. Because they have already been blessed. And they are kept by the power of God. Praise God. Are you understanding me? So, look at Ephesians 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Apostle Paul says to the Ephesian church, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So you see, the moment a man receives Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior, they are blessed. The word blessed is the word elogia. It means to elogize or to endorse. You have been endorsed by God as a blessed man. So you don't need a benediction to be blessed. No. That's why Apostle Paul used the past tense. He said we are blessed. He didn't say we are going to be blessed. 
If you look at all the promises of God in the New Testament, because it has already been fulfilled, they are in the past tense. For the Lord has blessed you, for he has given you, 2 Peter 1.3, all things that pertain to life, he has given. It's not that he will give, he has given. So the believer in Christ has been blessed, has been endorsed by God. And he says, the one that God has endorsed, I cannot reverse it. Nothing can change what God has made you. So you don't need any benediction to, 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 to make you blessed. No. 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 Look at Ephesians 1, 5 to 7. Ephesians 1, 3. Go to the 5. And we're going to read to 7. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace. I love this. By which he made us accepted in the beloved. In whom we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So you see, you have been sealed in acceptance. Don't ever forget this. Don't let anybody make you feel condemned. Don't let anybody make you say things before you feel so. You either speak as an endorsement of what you have already been made, but don't request for what you have already been made. Did you understand that? What you have already been giving, you walk in it. You enjoy it. You live it. You don't now make requests for it. Look at John 14, 27. Because in that benediction that, that is normally said, in the Numbers 26, at, sorry, number 6, verse 24 to 26. It is normally said that the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious. The Lord lift up the countenance of his peace upon you and give you peace. You can see that everything is upon when everything is already inside of you. So it is from within you that comes upon you. Did you hear me? It is from within you that comes upon you. So that's, that's the overflow of what is already inside of you. The peace of God overflows. The grace of God overflows. The blessing of the Lord overflows. It is right inside of you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. John 14, 27. Look at what Jesus said before he would die. Peace, I live with you. My peace, I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Did you hear that? So, you have his peace. You don't need to pray for peace. <laughs> if you have Jesus, if you have the Holy Ghost, you have peace. Look at John 16 verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In me, in me, you may have peace. In me, so our peace is in Christ. And where is Christ? Christ lives inside of us. How does he live inside of us? He lives inside of us by the Holy Ghost. That's why Romans 14 verse 17 is clear. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
So righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Where is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is in the believer. And therefore, I have righteousness, I have peace, and I have joy in the Holy Ghost that lives inside of me. And therefore, I walk in righteousness. I walk in joy. I walk in peace. I just need to stir myself in the peace that I already have, in the joy that I already have, in the righteousness that I already possess in Christ Jesus. Galatians 5.22 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Is right there. How do you bear the fruit of what you don't already have? How does a tree bear a fruit of the nature they don't have? You already have it. So it's not that now that somebody is going to pray it on you. You have it. You have the blessing of the Lord. You have the peace of God. Look at Romans 8.6. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. So you are the one to govern your mind by the nature you already have. So draw it from within. And let it govern your mind. Let it administer your mind. When you think, think peace. When you speak, speak peace. When you sleep, sleep peacefully. It's already inside of you. Praise God. Is that very clear? So now let's go to the next one. Psalm 23. The next one that we say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Now listen. David, like Moses, was a man who had not received the new birth. So you see, he saw it afar and waited for it. Hebrews 11, 39 to 40. And all these have obtained, obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. So David eventually, when Jesus arose, was made perfect like all the other patriarchs and all those who actually went to typify grace and faith. They were waiting for the promise of Christ. So he was eventually made perfect and this actually means to arrive at a set destination. Hebrews 12, 23 tells us the destination. Look at where all of them arrived. All of those that believed in the promise of God, Christ, in the Old Testament, look at their destination. Hebrews 12, 23 to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. So the destination is who? Christ. In Christ. In his finished work. Oh, praise God. Alright? So all of these guys waited in paradise. So when you saw Jesus mentioning paradise, it was the waiting place 
of all of those that were in the Old Testament that believed in the promise of God, Christ Jesus. They were waiting in paradise. So the moment Christ Jesus resurrected from the grave, ah, they met in Zion together with where all the saints shall meet in Christ Jesus. That's where the general assembly, the list to the greatest are in him. Christ Jesus. So this is Zion. So when David was talking about dwelling in the house of the Lord forever and ever, he was not actually talking about the temple that is the church, that is the cathedral, that is what he was building. No. He was talking about this place in Zion. In Christ that he would live forever and ever into eternity how did we know that because David died and was buried so how can he say I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever for it to be the temple the temple wasn't forever either. Acts 2, 29. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. So when Peter was preaching the gospel on the day of Pentecost, he referred to the Psalms and spoke and said that this does not refer to David. He was referring to Christ. And that's why we're using that scripture to buttress the point that David died. So if David was saying that, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever, and then in your mind means that you are going to be coming to church every day, and it doesn't even ring. As a believer, you are in Christ in eternity. Say praise God. So David was actually speaking prophetically into the future. The house today is the new creation, which is forever. We are in the house today. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Do you not know that you are the temple of God? That the spirit of God dwells in you. So where again are you going? David was, <laughs> was looking forward to be where you are. And you are now saying what David was saying. When you are already where he wanted to be. <laughs> are you sure you understand this? First Corinthians 6, 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Whom you have from God and you are not your own. Can you realize that? So you are the temple of God. And David was actually looking at this. But he could not become that because the promise had not yet been fulfilled. And you are living in that temple. In that day, sorry. And you have become that temple. And he's living in you forever. And you are alive in him forever. So where you are already dwelling, you are now saying, and I shall dwell. Oh, my brother. David even foresaw. Look at this. Ephesians 2, 21 to 22. In whom the whole building 
being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In whom, in whom, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. You, as you see yourself, so this is what Christ has made you. You are, you are an immortal being walking. So, listen, you are dwelling in the temple forever. Hakadole Grace. It is, it is the spirit in our spirit Peter calls it a spiritual house 1 Peter 2 You also as living stones. You also. He's talking about human beings. You as a believer. You also. Are living stones. Are being built. Up a spiritual house. A holy priesthood. To offer up spiritual sacrifices. Acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Did you get that? To repeat Psalm 23 verse 6. As saying the grace. Is stuck unbelief. You are going back to when Christ was a promissory note. And it's like asking to be born again. This is not grace. Now let's go to the main text. 2 Corinthians. The main text that is normally used. 13.40 The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Yes, this is in the New Testament, but look at it carefully. Now, the word grace is primarily translated from the Greek word charis. It means freely giving, bestowed without conditions, offered with no strings attached. It speaks to salvation given by grace. Ephesians 2, 5 to 8. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. <laughs> that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Not that of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Why did I quote the pretext? So you can catch the conversation and narrative. It simply points not to your work. You can see it points to Christ's work. Look 
at the pretext and see whether you did something there. Five. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. What did you do? He was the one who made you alive when you were dead in your trespasses. Next, six. Look at, look at it, whether you did something. Raised us up together. Oh, so you didn't do anything. Made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. So here too, you didn't do anything. That in the ages to come, he, he, not you, might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Conclusively, for by grace, you have been saved. Making you alive. Raising you up. Sitting you together. To show you the exceeding riches of his grace. All was his work. You didn't do anything. Neither did I. That's why he says you have been saved by grace through faith. And not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So our righteousness is by grace. Everything we have in Christ is by grace. Look at Romans chapter 5. Verse 15 to 17. And then 20 to 21. But the free gift is not like the offense. Hmm. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Apostle Paul compares the offense and the gift and weighs in to say, look at the magnitude of the offense. But the gift overwhelmed the magnitude of the offense. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift, but the free gift, but the free gift, but the free gift which came from one. But the free gift which came, sorry, from many offenses resulted in justification. God is good. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace. Look at the adjective. And the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. 20 to 21. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound but where sin abounded oh my god grace abounded much more so that as sin reigned in death even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus our Lord Praise God. So Lizzie, you are declared blameless by God's freely giving offer in who? Christ. This is what Abraham had as a promise. It was a promise, a, a promise to Abraham. And you were in the picture. Thank God you are in today enjoying abundance of grace and reigning through the one in eternal life in Christ Jesus look at Romans 4 3 to 4 for what does the scripture say Abraham believed God 
and was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. So if we have to do any work, it cannot be called grace. It will be called wages. So we did work, and then we received our wages. But thank God we didn't do any work. And therefore we received grace. So forgiveness of sins is by grace. Ephesians 1, 7. In whom you have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Not according to works. The forgiveness of sins, not according to works. That, that's, no, 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 no. According to the riches of his grace. <laughs> you don't ask. It's already been given. It's already yours. And now you say you are praying. To share something you already have. <laughs> to receive something you already have that you've been given. Even the ministry gifts are by grace. Romans chapter 12 verse 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Hello? Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. So we receive ministry gifts by grace. Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Praise God. Look at 1 Timothy 1, 12 and 14. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. 14. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. So you see, grace can't be a prayer. It is an act of God through or in his son, Jesus Christ. Now, Paul's words in 2 Corinthians 13, 14 refers to nothing else but a remembrance calling to mind the doctrine or the teaching of the church. It's like ending a letter with a summary. So Paul's letters were about what God had done in Christ for us. It is not for our prayer. That is why you see that in all his letters, he ends it in that way because that was what he spoke about. It is not a prayer. He spoke about grace. So for everything that he did, he just wants to sum it up, cap it up, and say that, make sure that you are in remembrance of this grace for which you have been bought. Look at how he ends all the letters. Romans chapter 16, 24. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. <laughs> First Corinthians 16, 23. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Galatians 6, 18. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Notice the term, your spirit. 
is in your spirit. As a matter of fact, the B there is italized. So it is not in the original translation. So it should rather be read that brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ in your spirit. Or with your spirit. Galatians 6.18 Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. You see the same be, italized. 1 Corinthians 16.23 The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Ephesians 6.24 Grace be with all, all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity, in sincerity. Amen. So grace is with you who love Jesus. Grace is with you. Philippians 4.23, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Colossians 4.18, grace be with you. Amen. First Thessalonians 5.28, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Second Thessalonians 3.18, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. First Timothy 6.21, grace be with thee. Amen. Second Timothy 4.22, grace be with you. Amen. Titus 3.15, grace be with you all. Amen. Philemon 125, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. You see, so it appears like it's a closing prayer in the King James Version because of the word be, which was italized. And anytime you see a word that is italized, it means that it is not part of the translation. The original translation excludes that. So as a matter of fact, if you are saying it, how you should better put it is this. The grace of our Lord is with you. If you look at certain texts like 1 Corinthians 1, 1 Corinthians one, two. It confuses people because of that same thing. Unto the church of God which is current to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be, called to be saints, called to be saints. With all that is in every place, call upon the name of Christ our, our Lord, both theirs and ours. So you see, the moment you see called to be saints, most of us think that saints means that those who have been deified and are dead, who lived a perfect life. But you and I know that saints are believers. So the word to be, if you are not careful, will deceive you to think that, oh, okay, this is something that we now have to go into and to become. Meanwhile, that is who you are. You are a saint. Saints are all believers, and all believers are saints. Acts chapter 9, 32, and it came to pass, as Peter passed throughout all quarters, he came down also to the saints, which dwell at what? Leader. 1 Corinthians 61, now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. So saints are those who don't go wrong or are dead. And they have been beautified and deified. No. <laughs> Ephesians 4.12 For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For edifying of the body. So the saints need maturity. And growth. Okay, so you see, the term, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is with you, is not a prayer. It only summarizes Apostle Paul's epistles. It crowns his letters. It's like icing on the cake. Since he taught them grace, 
God's work for us through Christ and the work in us and in his sons, he ends his letters with a reminder to capital. So it's so awkward to chant this after a service filled with teaching that mostly most of us say talk about Satan. And every time we're talking about God's anger, <laughs> teaching Moses and the law, sat clothes, clothes and ashes, wearing of jeans and earrings and trousers and curses for not tithing and first fruiting, etc. And when we are done, <laughs> when we are done, we now <laughs> pray for grace. Look at Acts chapter 20, verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. So all that Paul was teaching was the word of his grace. Why did Paul say what he said here? Because he was going to prison. And whilst he was going, he knew that he was going to Jerusalem. He would be arrested. And he was not going to come back. And so he says, I commend you. I leave you to God's good grace which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Praise God. So the word we hear is the word of his grace. What you are hearing right now is the word of his grace. So you don't hear about curses and, and, and how God is angry with you and how you are condemned and, and how you have to do this or that before God will listen to your prayer and then when you are done with that, it's a lesser grace. Meanwhile, you just preach curses and, and, and damnation. That's very hypocritical. You never said grace throughout the service. For if you did, the people will leave the service with lips filled with praise. And they will be uttering words of grace. They will be singing forgiving. They will be singing I'm accepted. They will be singing justification. I'm justified. I am sealed. I am sanctified. I am washed. I am reborn. I am blameless. I am a new creature. In fellowship with the Spirit. You don't need to declare it. It will feature from the beginning of the service to the end of the service. So it's when we come, we come in the communion of fellowship. In the love of the Father. And in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is how we meet. Look at 2 Peter, and I end this. 2 Peter 1 2. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. You see, the B is there again. It should be grace and peace is yours. That's what he's saying. In abundance, and he says, How? Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. So you have received grace. But you grow in this grace as you grow in abundant knowledge of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So the more you have a revelation knowledge and illumination, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in Christ Jesus, the more you grow in this grace. I hope it's clear. I hope you understand it. Anytime you walk in the service, you came by grace. You come to hear grace. You go out with grace. Your life 
is the life of grace. How did it happen? You are in the love of the Father. That's how you came into koinonia, into fellowship. <laughs> and you are in communion with the Holy Spirit in your everyday engagement. This is the life you live. Is the life of grace. I pray that you know it right so you can think it right, speak it right, and live it right. You are blessed. I pray for you. And I cast every sickness out of your body. May it dry to its root. May you be healed on every side. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. May you be made with whole. I call every sinew, tissue, to come back to normalcy. Anything that is bent, I call it to be straightened and to be in order. In the name of Jesus, you are released from every pain. Anything that is called disease. May you find ease in the healing power of the Lord Jesus. Receive your healing permanently, gloriously, graciously, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. We thank God for the supply of the Spirit and for the flow of the Spirit. It's always wonderful to have you. I have been blessed and I know you have been too. Jesus loves you. So do I. Bye-bye. Grace, glorious grace. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you it Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, Lead Pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth.